Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello everyone out there. How are you doing on this fine December almost Christmas Day. Speaking of Christmas, just before I get started on today's parenthood episode, I just wanted to make you aware of something that you might not be aware of if you listen to my Wednesday's episode, which by the way, I encourage everyone to listen to. Lots of feedback again on that one. Um, Just a few uh, of my own personal tips and tricks, I guess, on um, how to stay psychologically strong and stable in today's crazy, crazy times. But however, if you don't know, Cameron and I um, have actually written a couple of devotional books. Um, Obviously, as you know, we run Youth Alive um, for Australia, but for Queensland. And of course, having three teenagers of our own, I was constantly going to Kurong and trying to find really good devotionals. I found a lot of the teenage ones a little bit I don't know, a little bit nerdy kind of. Um, And so we decided to do uh, devotions for ourselves. I've got more coming. I actually love writing. I've got a degree in writing. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, But anyway, we've made them super duper cheap. There's a link on my Instagram bio, girlnextdoor.podcast. Make sure you go along two devotionals. We've put the price right down to $7.95 each. Um, There's two different ones you can buy. We the People, which by the way is about to run out. I've literally got one box left and once it's sold out, it's literally gone. I have to reprint all about teaching young people how we can see the power of God at work in our everyday life. And the other book, Break the Rules, um, which is um, also um, very well loved actually amongst young people, all about, I guess, being countercultural, very similar to a lot of the stuff I do here on my podcast. So they make really good stocking stuffers. So go along, click on the link. It'll take you straight there. Easy peasy. Go buy them for a young person in your life. Okay. Now today's parenthood episode, this is probably the last parenthood one for a couple of weeks. Don't stress, not forever and ever. I'm definitely going to keep my Wednesday episodes going all through Christmas, but finding it a little bit hard to keep up with two a week at the moment with everything else and Christmas, etc., etc. busy time of year. But today I wanted to talk about the one sure way to ruin your kids. You're probably thinking, what the heck? I, I know that that title interested, you know, a lot of you like, oh my gosh, what is it? What is it? Am I doing it? Am I doing it? Am I doing the one thing that's going to ruin my kids? Um, but I've observed obviously over the last few decades, a lot of parents. So I've, uh, you know, I've had the privilege, I guess, of being able to observe the fruit of their parenting by watching how their kids turned out you know, what kind of kids they were um, while they were young, but more importantly, what kind of adults they grew up to be. Now, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, the quickest way to ruin your kids is, drum roll, I don't have drums, it's this, it's simply to give them everything they want when they want it. I'm telling you, just doing that, just giving in to your kids all the time and giving them everything they want, it actually morally spoils them and morally 
corrupts them. So I want to talk about that today, how we can look out for that. Um, Because sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it and how to teach the complete opposite of that, which is delayed gratification. This, along with those, um, my very first two or three podcasts on first-time obedience, I would say my second most important principle other than first-time obedience is this, this delayed gratification, not giving your kids everything they want when they want it. And you might be a little bit surprised when I come up with a few examples at how it is just so easy to accidentally fall into this trap right from when our kids are very, very little. I watch parents do this from when their kids are very, very small, right through, by the way, until they're adults. I see parents do this with their kids that have grown up, moved out of home, and they still don't know how to not give them everything they want when they want it. So let's look at the problem with giving kids what they want when they want it is they grow up to think that they can and should have everything that their little hearts desire. Another word for this would be they grow up entitled. But the problem is when they get older, it no longer affects just them anymore. It affects everyone around them, their friends, their partner, their boss, their workplace, and their entire future success in life. So why do parents give their kids everything they want when they want it? And honestly, it's it's just the simplest reason. I mean, some people would say, oh, it's love. It's because I love them. But it's actually more, much more than that. I think the reason parents just give in is because it's much easier. It's much more convenient to say yes, particularly when they're younger, than having to engage in an almost certain struggle when we say no. And I've talked about that before on my first time obedience. You know, we want to we want to avoid the struggle. We want to avoid the temper tantrum. We want to avoid the the this the dramas that we have when we say no. So we just know it's just easier just to say yes. All right. Now, I'm sure you guys have heard of this experiment or this test that was conducted back in the early 1970s called the marshmallow test. You can actually look at it, look at the video footage on YouTube. It's very cute, very funny. Um, But the marshmallow test was an experiment to measure a child's ability to delay gratification. So it was created by a psychologist. His name was Walter Michelle. Now, what happens is the child gets the option of either They can have one small reward that they could eat immediately, and usually it was either a marshmallow or a pretzel stick. You know that the experiment was done in the 70s when a pretzel stick is considered a treat, but they could either have one small reward, one marshmallow immediately, or if they waited for a certain period of time, then they'd be allowed to have two rewards, like two marshmallows. Now, all of the children in the experiment were between the ages of like three and a half and five and a half. And what they did was they counted the number of minutes or seconds that a child could wait, and that measured their ability for delayed gratification. Now, this is so interesting. 
those who were the most successful at delaying their gratification, the ones that could wait the longest, it's actually very cute. They did so by distracting themselves, like they'd sing a song or they'd hide their head in their arms. One child even fell asleep. Now, they did follow-up studies of these kids for the next 40 years. Sorry, you would have just heard my dog barking because someone came in the front door. So they did follow-up studies for the next 40 years to see how these people went in life. If there were differing outcomes between those who could exercise delayed gratification and those who couldn't. Now, in these follow-up studies, the researchers found that children who were able to wait for longer for their reward had far better life outcomes. How fascinating is that? So the preschool children who delayed gratification longer, they were described more than 10 years later as adolescents who were significantly more competent. The benefits over time were massive. Like when they were um, in their younger years, these children that were better at delaying gratification, they had higher ATAR scores, um, their brain scans showed significant differences between, I think it was their, their prefrontal frontal lobe, I think it was. You could actually see the differences on the brain scan. Um, they had lower levels of substance abuse. Uh, as they got older and older, lower likelihood of being obese. They had better responses to stress. They had better social skills. They were all round more successful and better humans. And remember, they followed each child for 40 years. And the group who waited patiently for that marshmallow succeeded in life later on in whatever capacity that they were measuring. So how interesting is that? Um, Also, 40 years of Stanford research also found that people with this one quality, this one ability to, to delay gratification are more likely to succeed. So there was obviously a lot more research done beyond just that one, you know, marshmallow test. Okay. Let me bring this back to home. Let me give you some examples of how we might give in to our kids and fail to teach them delayed gratification. Because there are thousands of examples that happen all day, every day, where we either teach them or we give in to them. So I'll just give you a few. Um, And I'll give you some childhood ones and then I'll move into the teenage years as well. So for example, they really, really, you know, the catalog comes home, comes into your letterbox, the kids pull the catalogs out. They really, really want a toy that they see in the catalog. And so instead of making them wait until their birthday or Christmas, we take them out toy shopping and we go get it for them right now. Or we might be grocery shopping and our child begs and whines for that treat or that lolly. And even though we said we want you to wait 10 minutes or 15 minutes till the end of shopping and we'll go get lunch, we give in and we give it to them. Or another classic one for Christmas, I've seen this. The kids see all of the gifts wrapped beautifully under the Christmas tree and they're so excited. And so all we hear, please, mummy, please, mummy, can I open just one, just one gift early? And rather than saying, no, you've got to wait till Christmas, we let them open a gift. Um, 
Or maybe there's something they really, really want, like they want a new bike or they want some new shoes. And instead of making them save for them or like with their pocket money, we just go out and get it. Or every single time they want a snack and they ask for a snack, we give them one. That's just a really simple one. I never let my kids snack all through the day. I had a breakfast time, a morning tea time where they could have a snack, lunch, afternoon tea, and dinner. I didn't let them just snack and graze all day long. Um, Perhaps you might notice things like your kids get really angry when they have to do something that takes patience and they give up, like doing a puzzle or learning to tie shoelaces. That's because they don't or they're not good at this delayed gratification or, or waiting for things. Um, let's hit up teenagers. They get their peas and they're so excited to drive. And even though we told them that they have to save for a car, we don't follow through, but instead of teaching them, um, you know, you've got to work hard and save for that. And, oh, well, if you don't have enough money, you just don't get a car. We go out and buy them the car or give them half the money for the car and then tell them they can pay us back and usually they forget to or they don't and we don't follow through. So that's just a really basic example for teenagers. Another one I've seen with teenagers is to do with boyfriends and girlfriends. You might have a a value in your house that we don't want you to date in high school and um, lo and behold, your child might have turned 14 or 15 or 16 and even though you've said no boyfriends, girlfriends until they're out of school, they meet someone, they're smitten for them and rather than to teach them to wait, build a friendship, we give in and we're like, okay, all right, you can, you can date them. So it's just all those little examples from big to small. Uh, there's just a, a thousand different ways that we teach them to not have to have their gratification for things in life delayed, but there are plenty of ways that we can teach them. Probably one of the worst things that I've heard by Christian parents justifying this is using scripture. I have heard people say this where they talk about that scripture. Oh, if an earthly father gives good gifts to his children, how much more does our heavenly father want to give them to us? And I've heard parents actually justify and say, oh, you know, yes, well, I'm a good father and I give my child, you know, whenever they ask that, I can't help myself and I just give them, I give in to them if they want something because, and then they start using that scripture to compare, to compare themselves to that scripture. And I'm like, are you kidding me? No, you're actually not being such a good earthly father or mother. You're spoiling your kids for their future and everyone else around them because They will become selfish humans who don't know how to work for something and earn things in life and wait for things. They become self-focused and self-centered instead of others-focused and others-centered, and they don't care about others. Okay, so um, do you know one recent example that I've seen, which has really kind of baffled me here in Queensland one of the mandates that our government has put out is that you can't, unless you're vaccinated, you can't go into a cafe, a pub, a nightclub, or a restaurant. Now, a lot of these mandates don't actually make sense. The things we're allowed to do, the things we're not allowed to do. But what they've done, if you actually think about it, is they've picked activities that young people love, right? Like going out clubbing, drinking, cafes, restaurants, Because the government have bet their bottom dollar that the thought of them, a young person, not being able to go out, have a coffee or sit at a restaurant or go have a beer will make them go out and get it. And sadly, 
they were right. I know so many young people who didn't want the vaccine who finally decided to get it because they're just so used to getting what they want. They don't want or can't handle the thought of discomfort of missing out on a meal or a cup of coffee or a beer because they're not used to making themselves uncomfortable because they're not used to delayed gratification. So that's just another really kind of, um, you know, up-to-date example of how I'm seeing this play out. So really delayed gratification involves the ability to wait to get what we want. Okay, so let's go through some practical things we can do to teach our kids delayed gratification. Now, I have to give a big shout out to my sister-in-law here, my so Cameron's brother's wife, my sister-in-law, also a teacher, same as me. Um, she is total boss mama of delayed gratification. Now, she's got three young girls, my nieces. They are the most wonderful girls. And my sister-in-law, even if she can afford it, has always made them wait or work for everything. And she, I, I can be with her any day of the week and I will hear her actively teaching this to her kids. I don't even know how much she realizes she does it, but they're amazing, three amazing little girls. Okay, so here's a few things that you can do. I think I've got about six or seven I'll whip through. So first, don't be afraid of the word no, okay? Don't be afraid of the word no. Why are we so afraid? I said it before, because we're afraid of the fallout and the tantrum that follows, and we don't know what to do with that. So we just avoid getting ourselves into that situation. So this is what I want to tell you. Don't be afraid of the word no, and don't be afraid of your kid's reaction when you say no. Just have a plan for it. Have a plan for when your child tantrums at the word no, because remember, you're the boss. You know, say to them, if you carry on, if you if you disobey me or you whinge or you whine, part of first time obedience, because remember, they have to do what you say without whinging and whining. But if you carry on when I say no, here is what the consequence will be. And so you let them know. But what we instead try and do as parents is we want to avoid the inconvenience of an unhappy, impatient child. Okay, so make a decision. I'm not going to avoid my child being unhappy just because I say the word no. Because what that is, is actually selfish on our part as the parent, because it's saving us the inconvenience short term, but it's going to have a damaging effect on our kids long term. Number two, what else can you do? Have them wait. Just practice all different ways during the day. Make your kids wait for things. Here's a bunch of ideas. Um, because the funny thing was when these kids were waiting in the marshmallow test, some of them sat on their hands, some of them sang songs. They were actually coming up with creative ways to wait. If you make your kids wait, they will actually devise ways to distract and entertain themselves. But if we give in to everything they want and need right away, they'll actually lose their opportunity to learn to do that. So don't offer them a snack at their every request. You know, if it's half an hour before dinner and they're hungry, guess what? Let them be hungry. Do you remember your parents making you be hungry? My mum did. I remember being starving most nights by dinner time, but my mum never let me eat. I'd have a snack after school and then that was it. She made me wait. It might be a little uncomfortable, but it teaches them that it's not the end of the world if they have to wait a little bit to eat. Um, get them to create a wish list. 
Now, you know, could get them to write down things that they would really love to have. And then say to them, well, this is a great list of things for your birthday or for Christmas or something that you can save towards with your pocket money. Um, So Ashton right now is on his learners and he really, really wants a car like his brother and sister. And Cameron and I don't pay for our kids' cars. We do help them with the insurance in their first 12 months um, just to help them out as they start to learn to pay regular bills. Um, But he knows that we won't, you know, help him to pay for it, that he's got to earn it. So that really motivated him to go and get a job, which he did. And he's saving hardcore. And what that does is it's now made him careful at every dollar that he spends. So if he wants to eat out, Every now and then, like if it's church on a Sunday night, I'll I'll pay for it then because, you know, we're at church. But any other time, it's like, no, if you want to eat out, you've got to pay for it. And that makes him careful now with every dollar he spends because he knows every dollar won't be a dollar that goes towards his car. Um, and I'm glad for that because I know that what one day is a, is a car next time, you know, when he gets married or he meets someone and he wants to get married, then he'll understand how to save for a ring and save for a house and all of those adulting kinds of things. So yeah, you know, make your kids wait for things, okay? In whatever way, shape or form that that might be. If they ask for something, just get them to wait five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Number three, create an environment where self-control is consistently rewarded, okay? So reward self-control as opposed to instant gratification. Because every time we give in and give them what they want straight away, you're rewarding instant gratification. What you want to do is reward delayed gratification. So, you know, point out to them when they have successfully waited for something and praise them when they've waited or they've saved. Um, we've actually done with this with our kids a lot. So Liam, when he bought his car, probably a year, year and a half ago, you know, we celebrated, we went for a drive. We told him how proud we were because he'd saved for it. And, you know, even though he might not have a $30,000, $25,000 car, like some other people in the family, um, you know, might have that we're really proud because he paid for this. And, you know, so you point all those things out and I even often point out to them how it's going to help them later in life. Okay. Number four, teach them gratefulness. Again, huge kudos to my sister-in-law. My three nieces are three of the most grateful girls I have ever met. No matter what gift we get them or what activity we might do together, they're always so truly delighted and truly grateful. And it's just a pleasure as their auntie to watch them be so grateful. Because what happens is when we teach them gratefulness, then we're teaching them not to be demanding. And that's really what delayed gratification is. It's demanding. It's demanding what I want when I want it. So teach the opposite instead. Number five, model it yourself in your home. Cameron and I model delayed gratification pretty hardcore. Um, We have never gotten ourselves into great debt to have the newest, biggest house or the latest model car or the best labels on our clothes. Instead, we've taught our kids by modeling to get things as you can afford them or as you've saved for them, not as you want them or because of pressure from other people or to keep up with other people. Um, We've taught them to be clean and to look after what we have so that it will last longer. In fact, 
We've been in our house for 10 years and we're just getting our bathrooms renovated now, which has been a great source of frustration to me um, because the bathrooms we have are the original bathrooms with our house, but we couldn't afford it up until now and we didn't want to overextend ourselves, but we're in a better position now. And so um, the guy that's coming to do our bathrooms, we found this wonderful bathroom renovator, amazing. And he actually said to me the other day, now, Renee, I've got the right to say this because I go into houses all day, every day. But the reason your original bathrooms lasted so long is because you've actually looked after them and kept them so clean. I was like, thank you. Thank you, bathroom renovator man. I'm I'm happy to hear that. But yeah, so we've just tried to model that to our kids. You know, we could have upgraded our house. We could be in a in a flash new house. We could have gotten a bigger, you know, loan and all of that kind of stuff. But we've just taught our kids that's not what, what matters to us in life. You look after what you've got. You work for what you've got. Um, three quick more. Number six, teach your kids to set achievable goals. Um, you know, kids and teens can have plans that are achievable. Now, for a kid, that plan might be, you know, I'd like to get some roller skates or I don't know, whatever it is for a teenager. It's more like, you know, I want to save up for a, I know Ashton wanted a camera, um, lately, or, you know, now he wants a car, but just teach them to set small goals that they can achieve in small steps, because what my small toy today is going to be something of much greater value later down the line. And, and it's not just about things. I know you're hearing me probably talk more about things, but it actually is a, it's a character issue. Um, it, it's way more teaching delayed gratification is way more. It's just things are a good way to teach it, but it's a good character trait to have to wait for what you want. You know, it, getting married is a good example. I know so many people that quickly get married because they don't want to wait. So that that's a good example um, of, of learning to wait. Um, number seven, give them their own money because if they have their own money, it teaches them to make smart decisions by having to actually make decisions. managing their own money is really good for them. Um, And number eight, last of all, get them involved in projects that take time and therefore teach delayed gratification because this will teach them patience. So a good example is baking. You know, they have to make something and it looks so delicious and it tastes, the batter tastes yummy and it smells nice when it cooks, but they've got to wait probably a good hour from the beginning of making it to it cooking and being able to eat it. That's an hour. So it's teaching them to make something and then wait for it and then enjoy it. Gardening is a good one. Planting a veggie patch is amazing and teaching them to go out each day and see how good things grow slowly and good things grow by us tending to them. And it's a really good life lesson just to do um, a little bit of gardening. And I'm sure you could think of other things. When I was young, I used to love crocheting and I loved watching something take shape over time. So just get them involved in hobbies and projects where they don't get instant gratification. All right, there you go. Because look, the big takeaway is parenting. Yes, it's about loving our kids, but it's actually more about teaching them how to leave us. And I know that's sad. And my kids are getting up towards that age. I'm like, (laughs) they're going to leave me soon. But, you know, 
Cameron and I don't just love on them. We're teaching them how to leave us well. We want them to leave us well and to be a great wife or husband or mum or dad and to do those things well. And teaching kids to get everything they want when they want it is a surefire way to ruin them and to make them very selfish and very self-centered. So our aim is to do the complete opposite. So there you go. Do not let your kids open a Christmas gift early, okay? <laughs> anyway, you guys are amazing. Um, like I said before, I'll probably have a break. Oh, there's my dog. Um, I'll probably have a break over a couple the next couple of weeks just from the parenthood episodes, but I will be here every Wednesday um, because I really want to keep the flow going because I know you guys really miss it if I if we um, miss any weeks. So come and visit me on a Wednesday. Meanwhile, go back binge the episodes, send them to people you know, and don't forget to go to my link tree in my Instagram where you can will be taken straight to the store for the devotional books that Cameron and I have written. Until then, guys, if you don't listen to the Wednesdays, but only parenthood, have yourself a beautiful, blessed, and merry Christmas. Um, otherwise, I will see you next Wednesday. Bye.